This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Homestyle Radio Preview Podcast. Sponsored by fanduel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast, episode 18. I'm your host, Terence Ford of RedandBlueArmy.co.uk, and we are finally back after our winter break, and we're throwing some previewy goodness into your ears. And as an added bonus, we'll do a mini-review of the FA Cup win against Bolton. To get the ball rolling for the new year, I have Patrick O'Connor and Albert Curley alongside me, and later on, Everton fan Paul Riley will return to give us a lowdown on the Toffees. Before all of that, remember to head over to holradio.net forward slash subscribe to ensure that you never miss another whole radio podcast. Yes, guys, we are back in your ears, and it's been a, a kind of enforced Christmas break. It went on a little bit longer because um, Mr. Bronchitis caught up with me, and I've only just got my voice back. So be warned, it might get a little bit croaky as the show goes on, but I have two smooth voices alongside me this week. I've got Patrick O'Quanner with his, his, his New York English twang. Hello, Patrick. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. There are not many people in the US say that, do they? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> and Albert Fishcake Curly. How's that MS Fishcake going down? Um, it's, it's gone. It's completely gone. It was good, actually. The uh, You know, you just get that extra bit of quality MS, don't you? Yeah, nice little bit of crisp with a nice little sort of melty middle, isn't it? It's very good. Oh, it's not one of the melty middle ones. Oh, not one of the melty middle ones. I can't do I can't do a cheese sauce in a fish cake. That's just, that's like, that's just wrong. <laughs> Okay, well, that, enough about my daytime job. <laughs> Let's um, talk about some Crystal Palace. Um, obviously, we'll touch on the Bolton game. I know, uh, Patrick, you obviously, there was no stream, was there? No, there wasn't one available. Did you see that even uh, Wilfred Zard uh, get a stream? He couldn't get a stream, so I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't getting one. Yep, and um, Albert, I'm assuming I'm assume you didn't go because you're a bit plastic, aren't you? <laughs> I, I didn't even bother looking for a stream. <laughs> Um, well, I guess then that's uh, me on it. Uh, I thought I thought we did uh, all right, considering the the team we had. Uh, Bolton are obviously a team full of confidence, and we're um, lacking in that area. And I think they came with a bit of belief. They thought they could do us on the counter. They sat quite deep and created a fair good couple of chances, especially in the second half on the counter. But as soon as we bought on um, Ben Teke and Jason Punch, and the game completely turned in our favour. And um, Punch took it, took it by the scruff of the neck, and Benteke showed what he can do with service. But um, Patrick, do you think this uh, this win is going to provide the necessary confidence for the league? I think um, Punch has called it a building block, and Sam Allardyce has said about breeding confidence. Do you reckon we can transfer it across to Everton? I'm not sure, Terence, but I will say that um, you can definitely tell that confidence is a big issue. I mean, Punch mentions it, um, Allardyce mentions it. it. It's a big issue with us, so. I'm all for wins at any level. It doesn't matter to me. I don't get a win. I really hope it transfers. But you won't know, obviously, until until we play. But I, I think that a win at any level for us at this point can't hurt. Mm, yeah, I think you're right. And especially, you know, Bolton are up there flying high. So it's, you know, I, I don't think it's that bad a result. And, you know, I take any win at the moment. <laughs> As I, I think we were saying in the West Ham game, uh, bouncing off Winston Reid's arse, anything to get some sort of result. <laughs> exactly. But, you know. But um, the attendance was uh, 
a five and a half year low at only 7,149. What, what, what was the reason you didn't go, Albert? Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to use the work excuse because, <laughs> yeah, I, midweek games are a no-no for me, um, just from a logistic point of view. However, had I still lived in Brixton where I lived previously, I still might not have been uh, too keen on going. I don't know. I, I, it's, it's January, not not a lot of money flying around. You know, certainly at twenty quid a pop for a for a third round replay against a not particularly glamorous side, out of form. Probably people a little bit of apathy, a little bit just a bit sick of it. I don't know. I can certainly. The, the, it doesn't surprise me that the attendance was so low. Yeah, I think you did. The £20 is especially high when you think that Southampton in the third round last season charged us a tenner and we took thousands down there. I think it's, um, mm. they definitely got the pricing wrong. And it's 25 quid for Man City as well. So I think they've got that pricing wrong as well. But, but um, is, is, there, is there a case to say that, you know, we're trying to help Bolton out? Because I'll see the gate, gate receipt halved, you know. Mm. That's no. me being nice. No, nah. <laughs> I don't think that matters. I will say that I was represented yesterday. My nephew, who never watched Goes to Football, went to the game yesterday. He lives in Thornton Heath, so and it's first game we've ever been to at Palace. Get, the, get that man a season ticket. I, I'm thinking the same exact thing. I got to call you know him tonight. He can have mine. He can have mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. there is that. He, he must go now until we lose. Right, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <clears throat> well, let's move on from the Bolton game. Uh, so in the week. Andros Townsend, uh, he was all right last night. Still dribbling past players and cutting inside makes him way too predictable. But he got to the byline quite a bit more, which was nice, and got some decent crosses in. But obviously, earlier this week, he uh, liked a tweet that said from a Newcastle account, would you bring this boy home with a video of Andros Townsend scoring? And Andros Townsend liked it on Twitter. So, Patrick, would you send Andros Townsend home as it is to, to Newcastle? I would fly back. <laughs> to England and drive him to Newcastle. That's how upset I am at him as far as his play this year. You know what? You know how I feel about Yannick and that whole thing. And I understand the whole money thing, but looking at it now, it's been an absolute disaster on both ends. Obviously, Yannick's been hurt, doesn't, you know, kind of negates it. But he hasn't done anything. I mean, it's, you know, Stoke was his best match. He might have had another match in there, one or two. But overall, he's been poor. And then, you know, to have the whole comment about wanting to play on one side of the field and when he plays there, like you just said, he's always predictable. Mm. He'll cut and left every time. It's just been. It's been a disaster. So, um, honestly, I don't think we, we're going to sell him. I think the window's a little bit too tight. We can't afford to replace him. We can't replace him. But, honestly, if he was to leave, I wouldn't I wouldn't care. What about you, Albert? Would you send him up to Newcastle? Everyone's got a price. Uh, no, I, I'm going to, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not defending him. I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm in no way impressed with him at the moment. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him the benefit of the doubt and say he's, he's coming to a team that's been awful six months before he turned up and you know he, he's not going to come in and be sort of inspired with confidence by a team that's confidence is on the floor in general and playing under Pardew and and then you know Big Sam's come in and he's not lifted you know no one's really been lifted by that arrival uh, in a performance level so I don't see why Townsend should be singled out he's clearly got the talent but I think, you know, if I had one criticism I could definitely throw at him, it's, you know, just up your work rate a bit more and just try and look a bit more interested and definitely don't like tweets that uh, are linking you away from the club. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, well, the, the work rate was increased last night. Go on. Yeah, if you're listening to Andros, that would be my advice, mate. Give him the rest of the season, see how it goes. And if Newcastle come up and offer us the money back, you know, 15 million quid, then, yeah, consider it. But... I think it's a bit. Uh, I think it's a bit extreme to suggest he, you know, he does one now. Yeah, so I, th- I think um, you're right. It's probably a lot to do with form. He, he hasn't just become a bad player overnight, um, unless he's unless he's Fernando Torres, of course. But he's it's got to come sooner or later. And I guess you're right. You make good points there, Albert. We're touching on him, you know, in coming into a team that's been basically terrible for six months already. So I haven't thought about it that way. So maybe maybe I should cut him a little bit of slack. The first time he runs into a fullback on the Saturday, I know I'm going to be screaming at him. You're again. on the pitch. <laughs> but, Go let's on, Patrick. Honest, but let's be honest though has he really ever been that good for a long amount of time when you think about it remember his whole CV is, is about 25 loans to different clubs <laughs> he never settled anyway he settled at Spurs for a bit and then that didn't work out and he said to Newcastle Newcastle was great for six months and he got relegated yeah. and we, honestly we only, we only really liked him because of that one goal scored against us in that, that free kick which was phenomenal but, I mean, he hasn't ever really put together a good form. And then he got picked for England, which to this day bemuses me because I don't know how he got picked for the England team. So, 
I mean, people credit him, but I don't think he's ever been that good. Okay, so in that case, take the 15 million and get the 90 grand a week off the wage bill. <laughs> there you go. Cheers. <laughs> okay, a slightly more interesting one is the link for Johan Kabaya to Marseille. Johan has probably not set the world on light like we would have thought that he would when he came in. Uh, and he's now... Is this the last six months of his contract? I've actually got no idea. I think he's got another year and a half. It's got to be, it? yeah. Is, is be. it another year and a half? Okay, so if he's got another year and a half, then there's sort of no pressure to sell there. I, could, I see it more likely happen in the summer that he'd leave us while we can still get some value for him and uh, perhaps might want his, uh, his money off the wage bill because I'm assuming he's pushing somewhere around 100 grand a week, if not more. Um, so it would be nice to have him out but I don't think it will happen now because it. I think it will understand the team quite a lot in a period where we need some sort of stability but would you Albert you suggested that Patrick was being a bit harsh there so you'd keep Kabaya uh, what this window or just in general I, this yeah, again, window yeah definitely keep him this window uh, again he's a he's a player with huge potential and for you know one reason or another he's not he's not fulfilling it but again it's a, it's a criticism you can level at everybody except Wilfred Zaha I'd say Let's not get, you know, he's he's a quality player. You know, we, we've just got to get the best out of him. Inbounds, uh, we've been linked with Neil Taylor. And I think we've been linked with Neil Taylor in the past. Is this something that's a bit, suits your appetite a bit more, Patrick? I mean, he's not bad. He's, you know, he's, uh, he plays for Wales. He's a decent uh, fullback. I mean, there's no doubt we have to upgrade at fullback. So whether it's Neil Taylor or Jenkinson or... Patrice Evra, whoever it is. I mean, I mean, he's okay. I mean, he's, he's decent. He's an international. I am not a big fan of Wales players in general if they're not named Gareth Bale. So I'm not really sure. <laughs> Racist. If... <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But um, having said that, you know, again, we need an upgrade at fullback. And if he's, if he's willing to come in and put in that fight, you're going to need to get out of this mess we're in now. I'm all for it. Do you think... Um bringing someone like Neil Taylor in would give Joel Ward the kick up the backside he needs in terms of competition? Well, it's obvious we're looking to do that. I mean, in every, uh, almost every, I mean, we know left-back's hard to fill anyway, but every, every full-back we've, we've linked to is basically a right-back for the most part. So obviously, if, if Joel hasn't got the message yet, he's going to get the message in about two, three days when Jenkinson signs on. So um, obviously, I mean, I don't think he's a, he's a bad player, but he's, he's had a bad six months to a year at Palace and he hasn't had anybody pushing for position. So it's been pretty... You know, easy for him. So I think that that's definitely one of the reasons we're trying to sign somebody else. Yeah, I was reading back on some stuff I wrote around Player of the Year a couple of seasons ago when Julian Speroni won his fourth Player of the Year award. And Joel Ward was the next obvious contender, you know, could feel really aggrieved not to win the award. And reading some of the stuff I was writing about how good he was at the time, it's it's amazing now. And it is, it's, you know, he definitely needs that push for competition to see if it can raise his game back up to where it was in the past. But, um, you yeah. know what, Terence, we, we spoke before. It's really more about him being a more of a purist style, maybe even an Allardyce style fullback than a Pardew style fullback. So maybe with, with Allardyce here, he might revert to how he was because he's not really a going forward, you know, type of a fullback. He's a more stay at home defensive type player. So maybe under Allardyce, that's more, more known for him. But he'll revert to type hopefully well last night he got um onto the edge of the penalty area about 25 yards out and slotted a beautiful ball through oh, nice. to um kai kai but kai kai just couldn't quite get it under control and um promising but competition is obviously coming in this window with the talk of jenkinson is like only a matter of time away and being linked with taylor and so on so it's definitely coming so yeah. we'll see how he responds i will i will say if you're if you're struggling in a relegation dogfight you know the the obvious solution is just to go out and sign a left back from one of the teams worse than you in the league. This is used to though, you know what I mean? <laughs> and he beat us well, twice. It, so. Van, Van Arnhol and Taylor. So, so what, Sun, uh, Sunderland the below us as well, aren't they? Who's, yeah, who's Hull's left back? We might as well get them as well. Oh, <laughs> uh, right, let's move on to Everton. Uh, I don't know about you, Albert. Watching the um, fresh Man City of 4-0 on the weekend just seemed just about right at time for them to hit form with us coming up next. Yeah, well, I, 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 yeah, I, they, they look pretty good, actually. Um, they've, been, you know, they've been underachieving you know, most of this season, you could argue. If they didn't have Lukaku... I think they'd be a lot further down the table because they, they they haven't been great, but you certainly you certainly can't say that about their performance on Saturday. They were they were great, and they you know they had kids playing as well. It wasn't you could argue it wasn't even their strongest eleven. So I can't say I'm overly confident about Saturday, but 
you know, we've got to beat someone in the league at some point. Might as well be them. Were you impressed with Everton on the weekend, Patrick? Very much so. Um, the addition of uh, Schneiderlin, Tom Davies is a very good player. Um, I've always rated Lukaku as a forward. Um, so, yeah, um, I, I still think we can get something out of the match, only from the standpoint of um, the way that game was played. You know, they had four shots on goal, scored all four, and Man City do not play well when they give up that first goal. They seem to go into some type of ridiculous show, which I don't get. But um, fair play to Everton. They played really well. But I do, I do think that even though they won the game 4-0, it wasn't, wasn't really a 4-0 thrashing as you would really think that would be. And I think that their style of play and ours, we kind of match up. We've always played well against Everton in the past. I think we'll be OK. So West Ham against us last weekend had three shots on target and scored three goals. <laughs> yeah, true. So, yeah, all you need to create is one shot on target against us in the moment. It should be enough to win you the game. So while we're talking about conceding all the shots on target, is it time for Julian Sproney to play a home game, Albert? I'm yeah, game, go sorry. on. I'm going, so we might as well turn up. <laughs> Patrick, I know you'd drop Hennessy for Sproney, right? I would drop Hennessy for the, what's the kid's name? Petrenu, whatever the kid's name is, the third string keeper. I'd drop him for anybody. Um, you know you know how I feel. You know what? I mean, it's, the time is now. I mean, if, if not now, when? Even the manager last night said, you know, he thinks that, you know, the chance that, you know, he's thinking about who Sproni might start. Sproni will give the team a, a jolt or a boost. He did it in the two cup games. It's a home match. The fans will be behind him. There's there's absolutely no no way this is not a great opportunity to start Sproni. If he's not going to do it now, he's never going to do it. So just... Just do it now, please. Mm. Sam, if you're listening, please start Sproni. <laughs> of course he's listening. Uh, watching last night, Sproni, what was quite apparent and also at the uh, game up at the, uh, what do they call it now, the Macron Stadium? The Macron, right. Yeah. Uh, he's lost another five yards off his the distance of his kicks. And so he can't kick the ball I... outside the box now, can he? <laughs> <laughs> It was never as strong too, was it? Some, Sunday league passes to the fullback coming <laughs> right up. There you go. Yeah, well, that's what Pardew could have done with him playing then, because you know he wanted it passed out short. Yeah, so it was it was quite noticeable, I thought, um, and that would be my only worry right. about having Sproni in the team. Like a couple of times last night with pass backs, he sort of dumps into the sort of like on the semicircle, but in our half where right. a Bolton player picked it up, and both times they miscontrolled the ball, where obviously a better quality of opposition wouldn't be passing that sort of opportunity to yeah. up so but let's be honest that's that's how deep Christian Benteke is having to come to try and get service so you know cut out the middleman and let Speroni lump it to him <laughs> oh the optimism is great right talking about <laughs> let's talk about strikers is is it oh, I can't believe I'm going to say this is it time for Rem Teke I think that's what what the kids are calling it now from what I've seen of, of uh, Loic Remy I did, honestly I didn't see the last 20 minutes of the West Ham match. I was watching it, but I was such I was so upset at the goals. I, I kind of zoned <laughs> out. I'm not even kidding. I watched the game, but I didn't even realize he was on the field. I'm not even joking. It was like the, it was surreal. Having said that, I like what I saw in the Bolton highlights. I think we need to have someone. I, I think Benteke needs someone up, up there with him. I think Remy with experience is the perfect type of player to play with him. So I'm not sure he's ready to start yet. I know he's had like a couple of behind the closed doors of matches. Obviously, he's got the... Got the 20 minutes on Saturday. He had, what, 60? How much did he have yesterday? He played, he played a whole... He got 63 last night. Right. So, I mean, he might he might be he might be at least ready to start and give us 60 and then, I mean, you know, bring on whomever after. I think I think it's worth it, especially for a home match. I'm just worried about who plays behind him in the midfield. That might be a, you know, that's a bit of an issue with, with uh, MacArthur probably out, etc. But I think it's probably time for a 4-4-2. Mm, interesting. Go on, Albert. Now you've had some time to think about it. No, uh, no, I don't know. Uh, I think it's, there's, I think there's two schools of thought. Do you, you know, do you say, yeah, Benteke needs someone else up there with him and you, you know, you chuck in the best option for that, which is obviously Loic Remy. Uh, but if that doesn't work um, or Remy gets injured, you know, plan B automatically reverts to Fraser Campbell um, as your only sort of other out and out attacking option. Um do you, do you save him and just, you know, keep it? I think we could maybe benefit with another man in midfield because Everton, you know, they like to bomb on. they got they got a fair bit of pace in their team. So I'd, I'd, I would probably err on the side of caution and, and keep, keep him on the bench and use the extra man in the middle of the park. Well, what I found encouraging from watching Remy so far is that 
the injury doesn't appear to have taken away any of his pace, or if it if it has, he's still very very fast. Really, and, um, that's he's, good. Yeah, and he's willing to run channels as well, which obviously Benteke is a little bit more reluctant to do. And he's surprisingly strong with his back to goal and with a very very good first touch under pressure. So with his added pace alongside Benteke, I think it will give defences something a little bit more to think about and will perhaps stretch them between our midfield and defence so it could open up some space for us if he forces defences to sit a little bit deeper so I reckon there's definitely an opportunity for Benteke and uh, Remy to work together if you sort of looking at it like a last season 4-4-2 for Leicester type thing you know you've got your fast quick guy and so on and it showed that it can work at this level so I'm, I'm, look at we, we haven't won for how long in the league <laughs> anything's worth a try right exactly <laughs> and let's end so Jeffrey Schlupp is he a left back or a left winger for us what have we signed him as Patrick I think we signed him as a left back now because we don't really have one but he's, he's definitely more of a left winger um, if you ever, I've seen him play a few times I've never really seen him play left back I actually went back and watched a couple of the old... I keep a lot of the stuff on the DVR. I've got a couple of the old Leicester Palace matches, like the one where um, MacArthur was choked out by the manager of Leicester. Yeah. And in that match, he, he was playing left wing. So I don't think he's a pure defender. But at this point, I was thinking the other day, Terence, that to have him at left back is a great idea because he's, he's a lot like Suarez in his speed. And if you have him back there to make up that speed, that we can push the, high, the line up a little higher and he can maybe recover. Like The perfect example is that first... The first goal that West Ham scored, we were so high up the field, we got burnt. You know, if we had Schlup yeah. to come back there, maybe help out, been better. So I think from his speed standpoint, he's very, very quick. That's a good yeah. idea to have him back there until we get a recognised left back. I think definitely left back for now. Albert, are you surprised how much we paid for Jeffrey Schlup? Uh, Premier League winner. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> premium. <laughs> no, I mean, someone in the someone in the office said twelve millions a new five million in the Premier League, isn't it? You know, you're not going to get. What you could argue an established Premier League player that's, you know, obviously just won the the title, although not as a regular, twelve million quid probably is about right. Um, yeah. I've, you know, I haven't had the habit of watching Leicester loads, certainly not to focus on Jeffrey Schlup. But if he's quick, then he's already bringing something to the table that we haven't already got down that left left side. Really, you know, I know Allardyce seems to talk up Sacco and uses him as an op- sees him as an option but I wouldn't say Sacco's particularly nippy <laughs> <laughs> not at all I think if yeah I, yeah so if I, I, whether he's a left back or a left winger I'm, I, yeah, like I say I don't know I considering we're still looking at other full backs I'd be I think it sort of it seems to me that he's, he's been brought in as a wide option up front where Sacco's just a wide option on the wing just, he's a wide <laughs> option anywhere man <laughs> Right, OK, let's finish it there. Um, next up, we're going to be talking to Everton fan Paul Riley, otherwise known as at Football Fact Man on Twitter. Homestale Radio Preview Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Right, we're now joined by Everton fan Paul Riley, who... Um, has kindly joined us again. He was with us earlier in the season. Thanks for joining, Paul. Uh, you're welcome. Glad to be here, guys. So, um, a bit of interesting transfer business for you in the last few days. Uh, you, you happy with what Kluman's done there? Uh, I'm never happy. <laughs> Bad question to start off. I'm never happy. Um, I, know, I know this. I read your Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> anybody who knows that will know I'm always moaning. Um, yeah, well... He's, uh, Schneidlin's obviously, he's, he's a good player. I'm not sure he's quite what we need. I'd rather have someone who's got a bit more uh, ability on the ball. Um, but yeah, and he, he looked absolutely miles off the pace on Sunday. He was the only bad spot of a 4-0 victory over Man City because he basically looked a yard off and basically just kept running into people and missing the ball by about two foot. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And how did Lookman? Morgan. Um, Lookman, yeah, it's not a bad start, is it? In your Premier League debut. Um, good finish, um, good control, took it well. I th- to be honest, I only think he probably got to come on because it was 3 0 and game over, but it was a nice little bonus at the end of it. And I just wonder how much we're going to see of him between now and the end of the season. 
Yeah, well, I was joking about saying that you signing Lookman is the start of us getting Balassi back in a year and a half time <laughs> when he comes back from injury at a cut price. Yeah, when he's, you know, when he's 30 and he can't run, you can have him back, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, talking about that, is Balassi being taken out of the team, was that sort? did that coincide with your sort of turn in form towards the better? Uh, probably not, I wouldn't say that, no. I mean, Balassi's uh, done okay since he's been playing. He's probably... I think he has been the most creative player that we've had. Um, we're just very up and down. I don't. I can't really put my finger on anything that we've done that's been of a turnaround. Um, I mean, just before Christmas, we got smashed up by Chelsea, but then beat Arsenal, and then we our usual shambles against Liverpool and couldn't do anything right against them. And then a couple of May games, and then three um, 0 against Southampton was a great result, but kind of bit lucky on that I think they had a few decent chances before we even got going um, which could have been different but then City was pretty good from from start to finish and we looked fairly solid so it's it's all really up and down he still hasn't put his stamp on his team he's still clearly not happy with the players he's got at his disposal as you can tell by the amount of he whinges more than me <laughs> um, and he just gets paid for it though but uh, yes. yeah, he's uh, <laughs> Yeah, he's done a lot of whinging, and suddenly within a few days we'd splashed 20 million on Schneiderlin. And hopefully there's others coming in, but we'll wait and see on that. Well, I was getting the impression, sort of reading around Everton tweets, that everyone's a little bit upset with the amount of money that's available to spend. Would you go along with that? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus. serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, yeah, I suppose. I mean, we spent a lot of money in the summer, but we also got a lot back, really, with the stone sale. So we weren't really... You know, if you're looking at net spend and stuff, we weren't still the same as we were selling to buy, but we haven't, I don't think we're going to get rid of anyone majorly in this window. We spent 20 mil and I'm hoping and expecting that we might splash again, but um, we've got a billionaire in charge. I think I said last time I was on, we're the only team with that gets taken over by a billionaire and then they don't spend any money. <laughs> <laughs> so we're on our fingers and... Hopefully, yeah, I'd quite like them to do business now so we can get them settled into the team rather than doing it all again in the summer. Uh, and if there's people available that we want, then I'd rather do it now than wait, to be honest. Yeah, so going back to your 4-0 win over Man City, I was watching that last weekend, I'm just thinking, well, this is just typical Everton hit top form just as uh, we're up next in their calendar. But... Um, we're obviously, no, I don't want to say a bogey team because obviously the last three have been draws, but we've yeah. always sort of found a way to pick results up against you. Yeah. Um, so we should not be too discouraged by the 4 0 because another bad performance around the corner. Uh, it's possible, as I say, we've been very up and down, but since we last spoke, you're getting even worse, you lot. Oh, it's just. Yeah, it's, 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 it's miserable, mate. Yeah, but you've got the kind of players that we don't like playing. You know, they're quite the direct. There's the front four, you know, Benteke, Townsend, Punchin. They're like running at you. They haven't got much brain power. They just kind of try and bully you. And if it works, it looks great on the day. And if it doesn't, it looks horrible. But um, we'll see. We, all, as you say, we have trouble sorting you out. Uh, <laughs> and anything could happen. I wouldn't be surprised with any result. Uh, this week um, you've got to come good at some point I was, I was looking at my numbers again before because I was tweeting 
a few weeks ago when you got rid of pods about you would yeah. do an upturn with the numbers and of the numbers that I do you're still way above where you are in the league now um, easy mid-table 10-11 team well, you're talking expecting goals there but what yeah. what's kind of happened under um, Allardyce is we've Nothing. stopped scoring goals but continued conceding them <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are you happy with that appointment? Um, well, I've I've spoken at length on this podcast already about how I'm I'm completely against it, um, and it's kind of it's up and down. A lot of people were saying that it's the right appointment because he'll keep you in the Premier League, but I don't really subscribe to that. Uh, that's the same people who were telling me every week that you know you can't go to your youth academy and risk players because it's the Premier League. Yet we see other teams doing it week in week out. Look at Spurs, Liverpool yourselves, like throwing in teenagers into the team. Yeah. And that the sort of people thrive. So, um, I don't. I would, I would, Sam's never been for the long term. No, he's not, is he? I know. He's, 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 year 18 months is what he's going to be here for. And um, I guess I can stomach him for that long. Uh, was it. Uh, I think it was a four and a half year, wasn't it, lads? Can you remember? Oh, I thought it was two and a half. Was it two and a half? I'd, it I'd, it I'd, is I'd two know. and a half, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, just, I just switched off. I don't. I don't. I, it's, it's terrible, and I've been getting loads of abuse for it, Paul, because I'm. Just, I can't wait till the day sacked, and I'm, uh, that's terrible uh, thing to say. I know, but any time in the process between any success we may have in the time that he's here is going to be a little bit tainted for me for many reasons that kind of go off the football field and more towards his the personal side than just the man he is and. <laughs> That's I, it. I, I think. I think even a two and a half year contract is two years too long. Well, we'll we'll see what happens. But well, it's not even we'll then impact has he? To be honest, so no. And that's that's the really worrying thing because Paul, if you take a look at our last eight fixtures, um, you just laugh because they include Man United away, Man City away, Liverpool away. We we need our points on the board early because we're not taking many points from our last eight or nine games. And Let's do it after this weekend, lads. That's, that's, that's... <laughs> we'll just we'll start then. Go on, then. We'll, so we'll we'll end with a prediction, Paul. What do you what, oh. what do you think for the weekend? Uh, score draw. Score draw and another uh, score draw. <laughs> yeah, as I say, we we've got. You know, I'm gonna stick with my statty stuff and. Um, I think you're doing up turn. I don't think you're as bad as you are being, and we're probably not quite as good as we've appeared in the last few games. So I think a draw will probably. That's my prediction. There you go. Well, excellent stuff, Paul. Thank you for joining us again, and um, good luck for the rest of the season. And okay. um, I will definitely be in contact next season again, mate. Okay. Cool. Okay. Take care, pal. Cheers, bud. Homestel Radio Preview Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Right, it's now time for predictions. And before I get Albert and Patrick's, I'm going to open my little Twitter window here because I only just asked for them. And let's see if we've got any responses. Um, I'm sure they're going to be all extremely positive. Right, so at Shin Dragon has gone, why not 3-0 Palace? We should have beat them earlier in the season and we're due a proper new manager bounce results-wise. Um, at 73, Cole has gone turgid first 35 minutes. Concede, capitulate, Twitter melts, Groundhog Day. Hmm. Uh, R2 Dads 2 has <laughs> gone. Will be the type of game we win 2-0. Uh, Johnny Esser, dare say we'll win. Uh, no, 2-2 draw. Jenkinson, Jenkinson and Ben Teke with the goals. Oh, now we're talking 3-1 loss, but Lassie to make a miracle recovery and score a hat-trick. OK, we were not being serious there. 1-0 Palace, Scott Dan by Tony Stewart. Grant Gillard, um, who would be Nick's brother, has gone 2-1, beginning to rise up the table. Uh, my friend Nick Halton has gone 3-1 for Palace. These are all very optimistic guys, do you not think? Yeah, and am I right in saying we're four points adrift of the team above us? So even if yeah. we win, we can't I'm rise up the table. I'm trying to find a loss. Oh, here we go. Right, PNM, PNM 1979, or oh, Phil, as he goes by, has gone for a nil-two. Yeah, and um, Paul Cunningham has gone for a 2-1 Everton win. And Kyle Mortimer has gone for a 3-1 Everton win. Uh, we've, we've got quite a few Desmonds, 2-2s two thrown in there, including... Jager bomb, Chris. Um, so yeah, uh, before I get your guys' predictions, let's 
Let's get a little few stats in here. It's the 34th league meeting between the two teams. 10 wins, 11 draws, 12 losses. So the symmetry there will be likely ruined. Um, we've drawn the last three, but only lost one of the last seven. And referee will be Anthony Taylor. And this will be only the second time that he's taken charge of a match at Sellers Park. We won the previous one, 2-1 against Spurs in Alan Pardew's first game at Selhurst. And there is no other referee that has witnessed more Crystal Palace victories since we returned to the Premier League with Anthony Taylor's five. So, Albert, are we going to win? Mm, I'm 1-1. 1-1. 1-1. Do you want to stick a goal scorer on there? Uh, let's go. Let's go with a Belgian flavour: Lukaku and Benteke. And Patrick, mine depends entirely on the goalkeeper. So, if Hennessy starts, we lose three <laughs> nil. And if Jules starts, we win two one. Goals by Benteke, and finally Jason Punching gets a goal this season. Oh, um... but why? Why can't we score two goals with Hennessy in goal? Why does? Lack of confidence, lack of ability, lack of everything. Oh, all right. Everything. Sorry. <laughs> you asked me. Oh, you asked. <laughs> you had to ask. No, I just wanted to hear the logic. That's all. I'm not arguing with it. <laughs> what I, my hope, my hope, my glimmer of hope for the weekend is that, you know, Everton looks very impressive against Man City, but a lot of it was on the break, soaking up pressure. And under Allardyce, I just simply don't think that we're going to try and be taking the game to them. I think we're going to sit a little bit deeper and um, let them come at us. So I hope that we can, with putting the onus on them to break us down, maybe they won't be able to produce the sort of performance that they did against um, Man City. But in saying that, you know, they sat deep against Arsenal at home and managed to beat them 2-1. So I've talked myself out of any positive result and I'm going to say 2-0 to, <laughs> to Everton. And um, the, misery re the misery will continue with Bolton just being a short-lived little bit of joy. However, we do have some joy up next because we are going to be talking about our classic match. And this week, we're looking back to Saturday, August the 9th, 1997, otherwise known as my 15th birthday. That date would be the debut of the great Attilio Lombardo. Lombardo, kicked over the top, and Lombardo's through. Oh, and it's gone in, it's trickled in. Oh, unbelievable goal that. Lombardo scores for Crystal Palace. Penalty, Lombardo brought down. So Stewart not having the best of games. And here's Bruce Dyer. Try and make it 2-0 for Crystal Palace. And Southall goes the wrong way. Right, so Saturday the 9th of August 1997, as I say, it's my 15th birthday. And Palace are travelling up to Goodison Park for the opening game of the season in the blazing sunshine. Lads, it was, it was a glorious day. I remember it well. And... Um, we're taking on Howard Kendall's Everton and makes a nice little trivia question for you there because it was uh, Howard Kendall's Sheffield United that we beat in the playoff final in the final game of the season before when David Hopkins looked to curl one in the top corner and then the first game of the following season of the Premier League, we're facing him again. Um, and obviously... I, sorry, bit more, wasn't Howard Kendall the last Englishman to win the FA Cup? Or have I got uh, that brutally wrong? Patrick? It's a good, good question, I have no idea. <laughs> he could be. He, he he could be. If you're listening, uh, Howard, do let us know. Alan Pardew running close last season. <laughs> yeah, <of> course, okay. <laughs> in the 2000s, well, he did run him close last season. You know. <laughs> I was there. Did. I know it was close. It was really close. <laughs> Just not close enough. Just not close enough. Right. Let's uh let's look at some lineups here. Uh, Everton had a big old Neville Southall win goal. Uh, probably way past when he should have still been playing. Uh, Tony Thomas, Terry Phelan, who of course would later on play for Palace in a loan period. Klaus Thompson, Dave Watson, Slaven Bilic, Graham Stewart, Gareth Farrelly, Duncan Ferguson, John Oster, who would also play for Palace. Cool. And of course, Gary Speed, uh, rest in peace, sir. Um, How old was John Oster then? He must have been very, very young in 97. Um, because what he didn't play for us for another 10 years after that, did he? 
Yeah. So I'm just scrambling. Night seventy. So he was eighteen. Yeah, I saw, him, I saw him play for Warnock's team. Yeah, for Palace. So yeah. Mm. Wow, it was wow. Joe Royal, by the way. <clears throat> oh, there yeah. you go. Nice. Oh, okay. Moving on. Yeah, so that was a couple of seasons earlier, right? Ninety five. Five. Yeah. Man, okay. Man U one nil. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Palace, uh, obviously led by the legend that is Steve Koppel, lined up with Kevin Miller, Mark Edworthy, Dean Gordon, Andy Roberts, David Tuttle, Andy Lindegan, Attilio Lombardo, Simon Roger, Paul Warhurst, Bruce Dyer. <laughs> Talking about left backs, Kevin Muscat, anyone? Would you take him now in his prime? Struth. <laughs> exactly. Kevin yeah. Muscat. Kevin Muscat. So, um,. I think we travelled up there, similar to looking at the first season when we got promoted back to the Premier League. This time it was all, we were there for the party and if anything good could come out of it, then great. Um, I think like for the opening half an hour, it was all Everton really. And you, was, you were saying when you w watched back on the video, Albert, you a familiar face um, having a goal disallowed for Everton. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Slavin Bilic. <laughs> if, am, I, am I right in saying had forced a move from West Ham to go to Everton, which is he had indeed ironic, slightly poetic given the uh, <laughs> headlines. <laughs> what was yep. the quote you said that Pie said to the French press? Um, uh, but, uh, to, according to Le Quip, the the direct translation was Payet said, "I swear by the tip of my penis, I will never play for West Ham again." <laughs> if and they try to make. Uh, if they try to make me play, I will tear my own. Ha I will tear my own ligaments. <laughs> In the tip of his penis. <laughs> wow. I was obviously just moving away there for a second from this moving away match. From the tip of his penis. Well, no, just uh, the way the West Ham fans were. Um, singing his name in the game against Palace. I don't think there's any route back for him there. I think they should just take the money. It will be a lot of money they get for him and just leave it there. But, um, yeah, so well, what I found funny about Slavin Binic in heading that ball home, well, he didn't actually. He just sort of flicked it across goal when Kevin Miller came flapping and um, Graham Stewart nodded it on the line from an offside position where if he'd left it, Binic's goal would have... Well, header would have gone straight in. Did you, in, did you enjoy his running to the crowd to celebrate? <laughs> He went over the hoardings, right? And then he turned around okay. and said, oops, <laughs> no goal. <laughs> Everton, play, Everton fan comes sprinting over and just like absolutely stacks it in front of him as well. It's um, <laughs> very, very amusing. Um, but then so Kevin Miller, as always, Mr. Inconsistent, flapped at a corner, pulled off a brilliant save from Farrelly to keep the scores at nil-nil. And Duncan Ferguson, big Duncan Ferguson, um, when he wasn't elbowing people, he was usually heading the ball. And on this occasion, he headed it wide. <laughs> But then the bald eagle comes into being and uh, it's probably the first bit of quality that Palace had in the game. Really like slick passing move and Lombardo plays a little one-two with Paul Warhurst. Now, Patrick, what what was coverage like in the States in the 90s of watching Palace? Any chance? I'm glad you asked that. Um, back then, I was reduced to two things. BBC World Service, Saturday mornings. So I'd get a second-half commentary of some match, usually not Palaces, obviously, with Man United, Liverpool, Arsenal, someone like that. My dad would get me a newspaper on Monday of Sunday's paper would come in, they'd fly those in, I'd, I'd get the papers. And then maybe there was a highlight show on the weekend. Uh, they produced like a mass worldwide English Premier League highlight, an hour show. And if Palace were playing, we were so bad, it would be like the last highlight on the show, like two minutes. So it was really tough. People don't understand how lucky you are, or I bit, am now. I can see every game now. A bit like match of the day these days, then. Uh, yeah, you know, that was a great, great analogy. Yeah, it, very much like that. But it was it was tough. It was really tough um, back then. And I'm so, uh, it's so different now, it really is. Well, remember, Match of the Day is, it's only been in recent years that every game got full pack of highlights. If you remember, it only used to be that they'd only show the goals and when I was a sending kid, exactly. RF or anything. Yep, yeah. Yep. yeah, so you got one or two or three games that had like the full old whack. And um, yeah, so I think it's only been in recent years because the BBC decided to put their hands in their pockets and send the commentators to games, I guess. <laughs> exactly. or, or that, or just got them in a room with a TV is probably more likely, isn't it? But yeah, so um, Lombardo knocks the ball into Paul Warhurst, who probably delivers the greatest pass of his career, flicking the ball over a certain Slaven Bilic, who gets sucked <laughs> out of position. And Lombardo, the way he opened up his body and just sort of poked it with the outside of his foot just to completely, Plus. you know, it just 
rendered Southall completely useless. He come out, made himself big, but he just completely wrong footed him, and then the ball just sort of dribbled over the line, of course, and then famously like wheeled away with his arms wide. And the headlines on the paper over here the next day on the news of the world were bald eagle as he was like swooping away, and um, <laughs> it was it was it was a it was a great moment because it was one of those, and it still probably is the only time in my life where. Palace have signed the genuinely world-class player and you know there's arguments now that um, you know Wilfred Zaha can be getting up towards that sort of level and Kabai might have been there at one point in his career or whatever and going back further for me I never saw Kenny Sampson or things like that but um, it was just the excitement was real it was like we can't quite believe he's turned up a few days before and then all of a sudden there he is putting us in the lead at Goodison it was it was very magical. And then, obviously, in the second half, he was also hacked down, um, I think, by Graham Stewart for the for a penalty, which uh, Bruce Dyer slotted away. So, Albert, you, you, you're a similar age to me. You'd have been at school at this point. What, what was it like celebrating that first Premier League win at school? Uh, I loved it because as a, as a sort of cocky, brash 13-year-old, my, uh, my form tutor... Mr. Yarker was an Everton fan, so <laughs> That's great. it was quite nice to go in and give it a bit of large, like for once. Um, <laughs> Mr. Yarker, who a couple of weeks later on a French residential was playing golf and uh, went to uh, take a big old swing and sent his kneecap 90 degrees around his leg. So, <laughs> bad with the club? Or yeah, just... yeah, with the club, yeah. Just too, swing, swung too close to his leg and put his kneecap. Like 90 degrees <laughs> to the left. He's a horrible golfer. I'm had, sorry. Had, How do you do that? Had a horrible bad month. <laughs> exactly. Bad month. <laughs> the palace nearly lost a knee. Like, yeah, I remember. Again, I was only 13, so I wasn't really watching Italian football. You know, I wasn't really watching sort of foreign football. So Lombardo was just like a like an enigma, and it was you know you're relying on older people to tell. You that, I don't uh, know if this may be because I'm a couple of years older. I mean, it's only two, but. Um... For me, I was that's all I watched was Italian football on Channel Four with James oh, Richards. Oh, yeah. So. yeah, I was I was I was pretty limited to Palace and whatever was on the TV. Um, but I think for anyone that you know, anyone that is definitely too young to remember, I'd, I'd liken it to you know um, signing someone like Shamak. You know, you just can't believe they're there, and it's only when they're banging their first goal in against Stoke that you're like, oh my god, this guy's quality. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I would say he's slightly higher level than Shamak, but um... who's got the worst hair? There you go. They put that on Twitter. <laughs> well, um, Attilio Lombardo didn't have any, did he? So that was the problem there. I'm like, oh, did you have one of those stupid wigs that the club shop sold? No, um... I, did, I was. I was just. I was just going to ask when. When do we think those came in? Because I distinctly, again, as a 13, I distinctly remember going to a home game, and yes. I'd say everyone wearing them. Yeah, like half the crowd had the stupid yeah. Bardo wig. Yeah, I can't I think it was I don't think it was the the first like, I think the first home first home game we played Barnsley I think on a Tuesday night. Yeah, we lost. I think it yeah. Was, yeah, we lost 1-0. Yeah, um yep. Didn't we lose like every uh, home game that season? Uh, yeah. Any bonus Why? points for the Barnsley goal scorer that day? Ex Palace. Ex Palace th- at the time. Yeah, yep, at the time. Uh, Curled in a beauty from about 25 yards. Neil Redfern. Oh, oh my God, midfielder, yeah, Neil Woodford. Yeah, he was towards the end of his career. But he, he became sort of like the relegation master. He played for, kept playing for teams on the pretense that he could keep yep. him up. Exactly. Get relegated. Um, but let's go back to Goodison Park and uh, Lombardo got <laughs> got substituted for the for the stand innovation from the away fans and um, was replaced was replaced by the goal machine that was Culvert, <laughs> oh. which is. Which has probably got to be the greatest moment of Cole Vert's career to replace someone of the quality of Attilio Lombardo. <laughs> but um, our other subs in that game were Jamie Fullerton. <laughs> Jesus. Um, who obviously briefly had a coaching stint at Palace under Dougie Friedman. And Neil Shipley replaced Bruce Dyer in that game Ships. as well. Ships, indeed. Um, it didn't last much longer into that season. But um, obviously, never easy as supporting Palace and Duncan Ferguson did get his head to one with five minutes to go and headed it in to make it 2-1 but we'd hold on for the win that would see us at the lofty heights of third in the league after just one game (laughs) (laughs) 
and you know that the, the dreams of European football were de- definitely not alive. <laughs> um, as we went and lost to Barnsley on Tuesday night one nil. But um, wait, wait, no, wait, that wait, was... wait, but wait, we made Interstate Cup that year though. Remember? The Intertoto Cup, we did. Uh, the, but yeah. wasn't that the, the times when you sort of... What did we get it for? Fair play. It was. We've ended up 20th in the league. We ended up going to Europe. We, <laughs> was, we, were, we were so bad, we couldn't even muster up yellow card tackles. That exactly. Was, I, think, I think we got into it because we asked nicely. Like, yeah. we're, the, we're the nicest team. Please let us in. We're the nicest team. Here you go. Here's an away tie in Turkey. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was ridiculous. Yeah, we ended up playing Samsung Spur and they they'd had a blinding season the season before and yeah. finished basically as high as you could in the Turkish top flight without qualifying for Europe. And we, we were just leagues apart. They comfortably beat us 2-0 in both games. I remember, um, I think Dean Austin might have made his debut in the... Um, in the in the first game at Selhurst Park, and he was he was struggling to say the least. Um, forgive me if it wasn't Dean Austin. I think I, it was a long time ago now. <laughs> but anyway, look, we'll end up there, and um, we will be back after this short jingle. Homestyle Radio Preview Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk, the next generation of fantasy football. Right, that's it. Almost it for this week. Um, firstly, I'll thank our Everton fan, Paul Riley, for his insight this week. And also to our new producer, Bill, who's going to be pulling this together for us. Uh, the Everton Review Show will be live on Sunday night from 8pm, as usual. As well as all the normal outlets for listening live, you can now listen on Facebook Live. Look at that. We're dragging ourselves, kicking and screaming into the 21st century. Head to facebook.com forward slash whole radio like the page and you will get a host of content and a new and fun way to interact with a live show of course if you can't listen live the podcast version will be out from 10 p.m on sunday night this week it will be hambo presenting and he'll be joined by nick gusset will block and patrick O'Quana. patrick is that three shows in a row for you then i need to get paid for this gig now yeah <laughs> awful, row. awful lineup. <laughs> it really is. Like, As quality. two English blokes with American accents, <laughs> Nick Gusset. Poor, <laughs> poor Hambo, what's he going to do? Uh, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> well, look, guys, thank you so much for joining me tonight. No worries. And, um, and yes, we'll be back in the flow of things now, so look, look out for us next week. But until then, up the palace. Homestyle Radio Preview Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.